A very good morning to all of you today. We are very, very blessed because God gives us a wonderful type of weather. And of course, we are blessed because he gives us, he gives us his wonderful word. Amen. So today, I want to uh, share with you from a number of uh, scriptures, and my, my uh, subject today is the projector of the wisdom of God. The projector of the wisdom of God. I will, I will come back to that in a moment. But let us uh, start reading from some of the scriptures that I have uh, prepared for today. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 8. Ephesians 3 verse 8. This is Paul writing to the Ephesians and, of course, to the church in general. That means to us as well. And he says, so I'm... Okay, let me try again. <laughs> okay, so I'm the least deserving of all God's people. He graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authority in the heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So please don't lose heart because of my trials here. I'm suffering for you, so you should feel honored. Praise God. The Lord frustrates the plans of the nations and swords all their schemes. But the Lord's plans stand firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken. What joy for the nation whose God is the Lord, whose people he has chosen as his inheritance. The Lord looks down from heaven and sees the whole human race. From his throne he observes all who live on the earth. And let me go down to First uh, Peter chapter 1 verse 10. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 10. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow, it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. When they spoke of the things that you have now been, that have now been told you by those who have been preaching the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, even angels look into these things. Okay, we have heard the word of God and I will come back to some of these scriptures again. Let us pray as we start. Lord our God, we want to thank you so much for your wonderful presence, for your love, for your goodness, for your kindness. And Lord Jesus, I pray that today as we are preparing our hearts before you, Lord, may your word be able to find entrance and may it be able to accomplish everything that you have sent it for. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your presence. And thank you, Lord, for the work that you have decided that you will do in our lives, in our hearts, in our minds today. I give you praise and I thank you, Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> so today I want to speak about uh, the projector of the wisdom of God. And you may be wondering, which projector is this? Now, I want you to, um, 
to understand a few things, okay? You know, when there is a presentation, that means there must be a presenter, okay? Somebody who, is, somebody who has prepared a presentation or a PowerPoint, as we call it, okay? And then, of course, you have a computer and a projector in order to display it on the, on the screen or on a wall so that everybody can be able to see it. Okay, and that's what I want to talk about. You know, there is a, there is a presenter, an originator, and the presenter or the originator is God himself. Then there is a presentation, and that presentation we find in the Word of God, and then finally there is a projector. Of course, the Word of God can be projected through a voice or in different ways, but I want you to understand today what the Bible says, because Scripture says here, God's purpose in all of these was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. To display. Okay, that's a very important word. Okay, here I brought a projector. Okay, it's a very small projector. This one is bigger. But it's a very powerful one, by the way. Okay, and this projector has got some electronics. Okay, it has got uh, a feed for the, for the data, which is to go through the projector. <clears throat> and then, of course, very importantly, there's a lens. Okay, and without the lens, of course, you can't project anything. Okay, so you can see the lens here, all right? This is the lens where you can, you know, focus something, make sure that it is in the right kind of frame in the right kind of size and uh, focused. Now, let me say a few things about, about the lens. Okay, because the lens is what is going to project the light. All right? Uh, for most of us, we just take this projector for granted. Okay? If it's, if it's there when you are doing a presentation or have to make a presentation, and somebody gives you that projector, you know, no problem. As you can see here, you can see the scripture is projected to the screen, okay? <clears throat> but it's only possible because there is, there is a, a lens. And through the lens, you know, the, the data is being projected through the light uh, onto, the, onto the screen. So now, before, I will go to the, the actual presentation. Let me talk about the lens. And that's just one component, but I want to use that as an example of what has to happen in order for us to become useful in the hands of the Lord. <clears throat> so the question is, how is a lens made? Okay. Highly um, qualified, you know, high-quality lenses are made from about a hundred different raw materials. That's amazing, isn't it? I was actually looking twice when I saw that, when I read it. hundred different raw materials. The most important, of course, quasite, soda ash, and borax, and of course, many others. Okay? These raw materials are put into a into a, a crucible, that means into a pot, a melting pot, okay? And they are melted at a very high temperature in a furnace. Almost like, you know, copper is going to be in a crucible and it's being melted until, you know, uh, it separates the, the, the copper itself from the other ore and uh, uh, the materials that are in there. Okay, that's the first step, okay? They are melted at high temperature. The second step, uh, step is that when the, the glass is being poured, because it's now in a liquid form, it will be poured out in, in a certain, into a certain form, and it will be crushed again. Okay? Just in case you think, you know, uh, this is a simple process. And, and maybe keep in mind, you know, why am I telling you this? Is because a similar process has to happen in every one of our lives. Okay, some of the things that we don't like are the things that have to happen to make us useful in order for us to project the message of God to the world and uh, 
to the powers that God has asked us to uh, display to. Okay, so when uh, the, 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 the liquid glass is being poured into a form, it, it cools down slowly, and after it's cooled down, it will be crushed again in very small particles, okay? Very, very tiny particles. Uh, don't ask me why, <coughs> but this is the process. Because I'm not an expert in these in this, uh, uh, issues, but uh, I've just been getting the information. Okay, so it's crushed in very small pieces, and then the pieces are being put again into a pot and being melted again at 1,300 degrees Celsius. 1,300 degrees Celsius, okay? Uh, most of us, we don't know how hot this is. We are already, you know, aware that it's hot when, when you boil your water, isn't it? But your water boils at 100 degrees, okay? Now imagine 13 times more, 1,300 degrees. That's when now these little pieces that have been crushed before will again form into a, into a flow, into a, a liquid form of glass, okay? After that, it is put into a long, into a long form that has been especially prepared so that when it comes out from that, you can actually cut lenses from that, okay? So it's poured into that, into that form. And after that, you know, it has to cool again, and then it's being cut, okay? The glass which is now out of it. You could actually use the same, the same process even for your, for your glasses if you need any, okay? And if you don't need any, maybe one day will come when your eyes will will require uh, adjustments, <laughs> okay? So what is happening to a lens in a projector or the lens in, a, in, a, in, a, in glasses is more or less the same. So after that, you know, long form, there's that cutting process, which is made in such a way that the lens can be formed out of it. Okay, then the lens is being polished on both sides and it's, going under, it's undergoing a light process, you know, in order to check for any defects in the glass. Because if there is a defect that is inside the glass, that, uh, that uh, glass will be sorted out. It cannot be used until, you know, the glass, the, 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 the next melting process, then the defect will be removed and then it can go back into the crucible again to be melted again. Okay, because the lens must not have any impurities whatsoever. Now after that, <clears throat> there will be a process that is called honing, okay, because maybe the, the lens needs a certain curvature, okay, because lenses are not just straight, they need to be made in a certain, in a certain form in order to display the light in a certain way. And after that, it undergoes again a polishing with an abrasive disc until a certain uh, specification is reached. And uh, the word specification here is very important, okay? So you don't just make a lens anyhow, but you make it to a specification. Okay, so before this, uh, this uh, projector has been made, it had to be designed. Okay, the electronic is simple, very simple, but then the, the glass is something that needs to be designed in great detail according to a very clear specification. And that has to happen, you know. We, we may not be aware of it, we may just go in a shop, buy a projector and we uh, put it into, uh, uh, we, we connect it to power and to a data source and then it works, okay. But a lot of work has to go into it becoming what it's supposed to perform. And so this is what I want to talk about, you know. God wants us to be a projector. And when I say us, 
I speak about us as, a, as the body of Christ, as the ecclesia, as the people called out of darkness into his light. So God is busy, you know, making us useful for the purpose that he has in order to present his message to the world on one hand and also to the unseen uh, authorities that we talk about later on. So that projector, you know, is receiving the data from the originator through the presentation and of course eventually it comes from the, present, the, the one who has written the originator, the, the presentation. And in this case, this is God. Okay, God is the one who has a presentation to make. And he wants to use all of us to be the display, okay? To be the projector that displays his message. Okay, let me read this again because this is very important. Okay, Ephesians 3 verse 10. Well, let me read from verse, verse 9. Paul says, I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, that God, things had been kept secret, but now it's being brought forth. And verse 10 says, God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display, okay, to project the, his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his, his, this was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into the presence of God. Praise God. So I think you have seen what my message is all about. The projector of the wisdom of God is the church and should be each and every one of us. And for us to be a good projector, we have to have a lens that is prepared well, okay? Just like I explained the process of preparing a lens, that is very much applicable to the preparation of each and every single one of us as human beings who are in Christ. And that's why Paul says, you know, as he introduces this message uh, to the Ephesians, he says, so I'm the least deserving all of God's people. <clears throat> he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. So in the original language here, uh, what, what Paul is saying when, he, when it's translated here, I'm the least, okay? It says I'm the, I'm the, the least, okay? You, you, you understand that is the third form, small, smaller, the smallest, okay? Weak, weaker, the weakest. And that's what, what uh, Paul is using. And of course, Paul, we know at one time, was a very eloquent person. You know, he was very learned. Compared to the other disciples, he was way ahead of them understanding the scriptures. But then, of course, he used his ability with pride. And he was even persecuting the church of the Lord Jesus in the beginning. Until finally, he met with Jesus on the road to Damascus. And after he had met Jesus on the road to Damascus, his life changed. He was now put into the crucible. You know, he was now melted. He was now broken. He was now cut. He was now polished. A lot of things had to happen. And this process took years. It was not yeah, for years in order for him to be transformed, to be the kind of person that God wanted him to be, in order to be able to be the projector of all of God's wisdom, of all of God's strengths. And of course, that was a process. It didn't happen overnight. Neither does it happen overnight in any one of us. You know, God is applying a process to our lives in order to make us useful. Just like a projector needs a powerful lens. If the lens is not good, the whole projector doesn't serve the purpose for which it is made. <clears throat> 
And so the lens is undergoing that transformation, that honing, that polishing, that cutting, or whatever it is, in order to make it useful after the, 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 the message is being projected uh, onto the screen or wherever projected to. And that's exactly what God is doing in our lives. Now, first of all, let's understand God, the creator, desires to share his nature. Okay? He's not hiding from us. A lot of people think that God is somehow hiding. If God was hiding, he wouldn't have written this book. Okay? He wouldn't have given us all the details about who he is. You know, at one time, uh, Moses met with, with uh, God in the burning bush, and he was asking a question, who are you? What is your name? You know? Because if you sent me to the people of Israel, what should I tell them who has sent me? And God said, I am who I am. So God is having a name. Okay? That is the name that he has given us himself. The I am means the ever-existing one. The one who was, the one who is, the one who will be. And of course, that is not just a name. It is names about God. But many of these names are actually given to God through the experience that they have had with God. Okay? For instance, Abraham one day was on the mountain because God told him to bring his son and sacrifice his son, Isaac. And uh, as he was uh, ready to follow the instructions that God had given to him, there came a voice from the Lord. Okay? And says, Abraham, Abraham, stop. Okay? So he didn't stop, he didn't kill his, his son as, as he thought God wanted him to do. But then, you know, at the next moment he saw that God had provided a ram in the thickets. Okay? And that's when God, that's when Abraham called God Jehovah Jireh. That means God is my provider. And God had provided that animal to be put on the altar and that was sacrificed on that day. But actually, it's not even, the message is not all, even the, 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 the ram that was in the thicket, the message is that what Abraham never needed to do, that is to sacrifice his only son, that is what God did when he gave us Jesus Christ, his beloved son, okay? And Abraham said, he is my God, who provides, Jehovah Jireh, okay? And that's how many of the names were coming into being because people had different experiences, you know, and then they used that experience to call God by that name, okay? So there are many different names that God has uh, revealed to us, but even more names that people have actually ascribed to God because of what they have seen in their own lives, God having done in their who withdraws or he, okay, they, you know, but God loves to share his treasures, okay? This is the reason God is a creator, okay? God loves to create, and all things that God creates live. Okay, maybe you think uh, there are certain things which are not alive. It's amazing, you know, uh, even the bush is alive. Okay, if you are going to cultivate, you go to the bush and you cultivate and you come back after, after three, four months, five months, the bush is back. Isn't it? It's living. Okay, so God has created everything in a, in a living form. Okay, even the universe is constantly moving. You know, the lessons that we are learning from, from uh, those uh, powerful uh, telescopes which they send into the orbit, into space, is that the whole of the universe is moving and living in, a, in an amazing way. So God is a creator and he creates things that live. Okay? In the depths of history, you know, way back in the eternities that we fully cannot understand, God has created many different things. 
He has created the heavenly realms, as uh, the Bible calls it, okay? And he has populated the heavenly world with uh, creatures like angels, okay? We don't know what God has uh, been able to create because that is not really so much of of a concern to us. But he told us that he has created angels who are created to be ministering to those who inherit salvation. That's why angels are mentioned because they have got a relationship with you and me, okay? If you have never seen an angel, doesn't matter. But you may not know it, angels have been seeing you. And angels have been taking care of you. You wouldn't probably sit here today if it was not angels protecting you, okay? Normally we we, we think that children have got guardian angels, and that may be true, yes, it's true, but not only children, because also we are children of the Most High God, okay? So God is taking care of us. God sends angels to actually serve us and, and, and uh, you know, do a ministry in our life that we don't fully understand. So God desires to live in community where he can share his rich variety of his gifts. And that's why eventually he made human beings in his own image. And the human beings, he didn't make them as creatures like the ancients, but he made them in his own image and likeness. Okay? Because he wanted to have creatures that he could be able to have a conversation with on his own level. Okay? As you know, I mean, there are a lot of other creatures in our creation, a lot of animals. Uh, You can talk to them, but not on your own level, okay? You may have a dog, and you may be able to uh, communicate some of the things to your dog, but, and the dog may be very happy, maybe jumping on you, you know, because uh, there's, there's that relationship. But it's not the same relationship like when you speak to a human being. And so God decided that he would want to make creatures that were exactly like him. If I say exactly like him, that means he made people who were to be part of his family. Okay? And that's why the Bible tells us very clearly that all who believe in Jesus Christ, they are given the power to be called children of God. Okay? And then he had children, you know, Uh, all of us, we were children one time, now we are adults. Children are growing, isn't it? And that's exactly what God wants to see in our lives. God wants us to see growing up and be able to be on the level of the living God, being able to have relationship and fellowship with. That's why he made us in that way. He wants to share his perfect love with all of us. And of course, that's the reason why he sent us the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, God uses tools that he will lovingly prepare. When God had first created everything, the Bible says all was wonderfully set. And everything could have succeeded so easily if it was not for the will of man who decided to walk away from God, to deliberately disobey the command, the one command that God had given to them. So God accepted that because he had given them a free will, had to give them a free will, otherwise they could not be able to love him. You know, a robot can be programmed, but it cannot be programmed to to love. I just heard on the news that now people have specialized to uh, to program robots to laugh, okay? And to be humorous, okay? To have reaction when somebody is uh, telling a joke. And I was amazed, you know, I saw, I saw a little de- documentary how, how real this thing has been. But at the, end of the, at the end of the day, these are just machines, okay? Uh, they're just robots. You know, sometimes they show the face and you think these are real human beings, but then you see it's just a skeleton of, of some, some wires and some steel and some aluminium that keeps that thing 
So, do you want to get into a relationship with a machine? Do you want to hear from a machine every now and then, I love you? <laughs> Even if they are able to laugh and to, to, to be humorous, is that what, what you would love to, to experience in your life? No, for sure not. No, God didn't make us robots. God made us human beings, okay, so that we can be able to be on his level, so that we can have fellowship with him in such a powerful way. But sin hindered God to really, to, to really display his, his, his full plan and his, his glory into our lives because sin was left to, to experience with, with human beings. So the perfect journey between God and human beings could not start because man failed. And it needed a, a workaround, it needed a fix, okay? And God decided to fix the problem, okay? Like I said earlier on, when you have a lens that is impure, that is not, uh, not uh, you know, up to the standard, it has to go back into the melting pot. You have to remove that stuff and then you can use the material again. But it has to go back into the heat again, you know, be heated up to a high temperature once again. But then the Bible tells us, you know, how God was to fix the problem of sin. He sent his own son. He sent his son into the world in order to make him the solution to the problem that we have created. Because we could not resolve the problem. So we needed God to resolve the problem. Let me take you to the book of Isaiah, chapter 53, verse 10. Now, this is a scripture which is quite shocking, okay? Because the Bible says here, through the prophet Isaiah, you know, but it was the Lord's good plan, okay? The Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Hey, is that a good plan? Uh, if you are crushed and you have grief, is that good? But God calls it a good plan. We call it bad, okay? Imagine all the heartaches and all the problems and all the difficulties that we have gone through in relationships and whatever, you know, uh, you wonder, what good can there be? But the Bible says, but it was the Lord's good plan to crush him, that is Christ, and cause him grief. Yet, when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants in his hands. Like I said earlier, you know, when, when I talked about the lens, uh, the lens is being, or is undergoing a lot of uh, development, okay? It's being melted, it's being crushed, it's being cut, it's being uh, polished, and so on. And all this is a good plan. If you ask the glass in the process, is this a good plan? The glass will tell you, no way. Okay? And that's exactly true in our lives. You know, when, when things happen that we, we don't enjoy, and, and somebody tells us, this is God's good plan for you. You say, you must be crazy. How would this be good in any way? But you know, the problem is we are looking at it in the process. We are not looking at the end of the process. The lens is becoming a lens very powerfully able to display many, many presentations eventually because at one time, for a short time, it has undergone a preparation. It has undergone that melting, that cutting, that you know, process of polishing, and it became what the designers of that uh, very work had in mind. So it was a good plan. But the process is sometimes very, very painful. And that's true in the life of Christ, you know? Uh, if you read the book of Isaiah 53, you know, from 
the beginning of verse 1 and you go through to 10 or even further, you will find out that Jesus carried our sin. He was like the lamb who was taken to the slaughter. And the Bible calls it a good lamb. Okay? Because without Jesus doing what he did, there would never have been salvation. Without Jesus coming, carrying the cross, and eventually dying on that cross, there would have never been a way for us to come into a relationship with the living God. So for Jesus, it was a terrible experience. But it was still a good plan, the good plan of God. Okay, maybe we would not have. Peter said, I think that when Jesus talked about him going and suffering, uh, Peter jumped up and says, this must never happen to you. I'm going to protect you. No matter what, I'm going, to, I'm going to stand for you. Okay? Because he couldn't understand what was required to make the good plan work. Isn't it? But Jesus said, I have to go this way. You know, many times he talked about him going to Jerusalem and to suffer and to be killed and eventually to, eventually to rise from the dead again. This was the good plan of God. Even so, it was very, very painful for Jesus. Okay? God prepared Jesus for 30 years. He was not a public speaker. He was not in the public domain. He was just in, in Nazareth learning a lot of things. You know, even at the age of 12, he was able to, to uh, you know, master all the scriptures that a young Jewish boy needed to learn. He knew, knew all of this. But then for the next uh, 18 years or so, he needed to continue to be prepared for the work of his ministry. After all, Jesus was only ministering in public for three and a half years before he was finally crucified. But then all this was to prepare Jesus as his tool to display his love to the world, okay? To project all his goodness and kindness and his wisdom to the world around us. So Jesus had to become man, human, just as we are, and he had to become sin. So in other words, he had to load the sin of the world upon himself. You know, he had to drink the cup which was full of the sin of the world as we read uh, about uh, Jesus being in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane. Do not make sense in the eyes of the world. In the book of 1 Corinthians 27, 1 Corinthians 27, the Word of God says, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things, the things that are not, to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ, who has, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Christ has become our wisdom. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Wow, this is powerful. Okay, so what we can see here is amazing. God uses raw products in order to add great value to their lives. Okay, so if you are uh, looked at as weak, or as lowly, or as foolish, or as despised, don't worry. You don't have to rise up to a very high level in order to qualify to God. God will take you the way you are. That's amazing. No company will take you that way. Okay? If you are applying for a job, you need to at least tell them how qualified you are. But God doesn't look for a qualification. He is the one who qualifies you. Okay? He takes you the way you are in order to qualify you in the process. That's amazing. 
So as I said, Paul is the one who calls himself the least, okay? But then he also knows that God reshaped his life, remolded his life, okay? He was received all of You know, I think no one of us really needs proof of that fact. You know, God has received all of us the way we are, okay? He doesn't put any barrier before any one of us that we have to qualify that maybe we are not going to make it, okay? That we cannot, you know, maybe make the entry level uh, in life. But no, Jesus has made it possible for all of us to make it. And when he has received us, and that is the powerful message, you know, he makes us a masterpiece. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, you know, I like this, especially in the NLT, the New Living Translation, Ephesians 2 verse 10, it says, for we are God's masterpiece. Okay, so he takes us the way we are, despised, lowly, you know, not recognized, and it takes us to make us into a masterpiece. Because you know, God is an artist. And so he has created us anew, okay? We were created in, in that uh, you know, despised form, in that lowly form, in that weak position. You know, but he creates us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So in other words, God has a good plan for you and that plan exists for a long time, even before the world was created. And that was a plan about you, about me, about the congregation, about uh, you know, the ecclesia, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the people who are called out of darkness into his wonderful light. And that is amazing, okay? Absolutely amazing. He enables us to do the things that he planned for us, good things that, for that matter. And that's why his plan is a good plan, okay? Even if in the process we undergo some pain, some suffering, some, you know, uh, situations that we would rather avoid if it was our choice. I think all of us have gone through such situations. And sometimes you wonder, why does God allow this to happen? Actually, you should not say, why does God allow this to happen? You say, you know, God, carry on so that I will become the person that you want me to be, okay? Just like the lens needs to go through a painful process, you and me need to go through the painful process so that we... So God is ready to use us in a very powerful way. You see, proud people are useless to God unless he first crushes them. Paul was not useful for God. He had to first crush him. It was a painful process. But after he was crushed, after he was remolded, reshaped, Paul became a wonderful tool in the hands of God who has given us most of the New Testament through his writings and the wisdom that God had given to him. That's amazing, okay? So God had planned good things for him to do even before the foundation of the world, but he could not do it until he was remolded, reshaped, because the man was too proud. He had so much uh, pride about his learning that he was better than everybody else. He had everything going for him. And God said, this is not what is important in my kingdom. What is in my kingdom is different, okay? And so he had to undergo his transformation. So God is using the church to display his array of wisdom, you know, the, the manifold wisdom of God. And let me just take you back to Ephesians 3.10. I've been reading this in the beginning. And God's purpose, the Bible says, in all this was to use the church, okay? Actually, when it says church here, in the Greek it says the ecclesia, okay? I don't like the word church. You know why? Because when, you, when, when we read church, we think about 
you know, big buildings with towers and uh, bells and things like that. It's not that. The church is you and me. The church are human beings. Okay? That we must never forget. So God is using the church. That means us. Every one of us individually coming together in order to make a greater array of the wisdom of God. Okay? So God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. That's powerful. Okay? God wants to use us as a projector with a great variety of colors. Okay, we all know that when, uh, you know, the sun is shining and maybe you have some bit of rain, you see the rainbow. And then you realize that the light is actually not just bright, but it has got many different colors. Okay, that's the rich variety God talks about. And you know, each and every one of us has got one kind of color, okay? We have always, all of us, we have got different tints of color. Okay, none of us is the same than the other. We are all uniquely and wonderfully created by God. All of us. But together we are the light of God. You know, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine into the darkness. And that's what we must understand. God uses the ecclesia. That means individuals, all of them called out of darkness into his light so that we become a powerful light source, a powerful beam, because Christ, the light of the world, shines into us and through us into the world around us. And that's very, very powerful. So we are the prisms of God. Not prisms, but prism, okay? Which means it have got the different lights that show off. I like that word, you know? You have got a certain glass, you can split the light into all the different colors. You know, light is so fast, light is so powerful, light is so... Uh, if the church is on the same level with the world, then it has no message. Okay? You know, there's a lot of efforts by certain churches today to be to be, you know, recognized by the world as something great, as something big. But if we are like the world, recognized by the world by, as something great, as something big, then we are not what God wants us to be. Because we must be different in order to have a message that is, you know, sent to the world. And remember, Jesus was never competing with Pilate for the for the seat of power in Jerusalem. Neither did he compete with anybody in the, in the temple. He was always the servant of God, despised, and eventually nailed to the cross. But he had the message. He had the power. He had the light. He had the wisdom. I think Paul says it in a very powerful way, and I think this is what we must learn. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 3. The Bible says, Don't you realize that we will judge the angels? So one day we are going to be in charge of the unseen world that we are now just sending our message to. Okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10 says, That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Okay, so this looks like a contradiction, you know, when, when you hear that one day we are going to judge angels. And then again, Paul is saying that uh, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. I think this is a message for the church of today. This is a message for you. Don't try to show, 
you know, how powerful you are. Actually, let God work in you and make you powerful for him. It may not come the way you think or you, you expect, but it will be in a powerful way that God is going to do it. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21 says, The world would never know him through him, saw, saw to it, that the world would never know him through human wisdom. Okay? God cannot be understood through human wisdom. Okay? No matter how much we have knowledge, and we, you know, the Bible says knowledge will increase. And today, you know, I mean, if you go on the internet, it's, it's absolutely amazing how much knowledge you can dig out from there. Okay? There's Wikipedia, there is Google, there is, there's so many different websites where you can just get almost all the information that you want. But one thing you cannot, you cannot know God through the internet. Okay? I, I mean, there may be good messages on the internet for sure, but God cannot be found in that way. Okay, so the Bible says he has you in his wisdom saw to it that the world would never know him through human wisdom. He has used our foolish preaching. Okay. Isn't that interesting, huh? As just somebody like me is standing here to preach to save those who believe. That's God's work, okay? If I would have stood here without being prepared, nothing would have happened. But thank God, God used me and prepared me so that I can be able to preach. Even so, the world may think it's foolish preaching, but it will do something wonderfully, something great in the people who believe. It is foolish to the Jews who ask for signs from heaven. And it's foolish to the Greeks who seek human wisdom. Since, so when we preach that Christ was crucified, the, the Jews are offended. And the Gentiles, Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Praise God. So God has made himself available to us in ways and means that is not understood by the world. Okay? If you want to have an impression in the world, you need to, you know, qualify yourself. And there's nothing wrong with qualifying ourselves in many different ways. But as far as God is concerned, we need to undergo the transformation, the reshaping, the remolding that comes by the hand of God in our lives. Just like Paul was reshaped and remolded. Each, each and every one of us has to undergo that transformation. Just like Jesus himself, you know, had to undergo a crushing, had to undergo pain, had to undergo a lot of persecution. Because if he didn't allow that to happen, he would not have been able to be our savior. And that's true today. You know, the message that the church has is not a message where we are superior to talk to people on a, on, a, on a level of wisdom of this world, but where we talk the good news about Christ. The good news, news that says, but it was the Lord's good plan. Even so, the next thing is crushing and is pain. Okay? That's important for us to know. So, Paul was able to discover this powerful truth, okay? He was once strong, he was once wise, he was once influential. And God had to take all of these things away. Of course, he still used his brain, which has been taught in a powerful way, but now it was able to function in God's way, not in the world's way. Very. Uh, sophisticated teaching and training even in the world. And God will use anything, you know, so don't, don't despise training, don't despise the things that you get when you are young and when you're growing up. And, you know, that's why we should always widen our horizon as much as possible because God can use it. But what he must do in us is to remove the pride from us, 
to remove that superiority conflict that it's because we have done this and the other that I'm now qualified. No, that does not qualify us. God qualifies us. Amen? This is a very important message. God is the only one who can qualify us. And God is the one who uses even every talent, every learning, everything that you have brought from your past. God is able to cleanse it, qualify it, and use it for his kingdom. That's the amazing thing. And that's why, you know, we should do the best that we can, but leave God to do what only he can do to qualify us for the work of God. So God has a message. And the message is directed to the seen world. Okay? We are speaking to the people in this world, the world, world of darkness. But we also have a message to the unseen world. Okay? And scripture is very clear about that. So we give, a, we give people with our message an opportunity to turn around from their wrong ways and to follow Christ. Join the ecclesia of God. Come out of darkness into his wonderful light. But our message is also to the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Now that's amazing because there's very little we know about these powers, okay? And yet the Bible talks about it. And, and the Bible says that God's purpose in all of this is to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to the unseen rulers and authority in the heavenly places. Do you know where they are? Have you seen them? Have you talked to them? No. None of us has. Okay? We don't, we don't really understand those uh, those uh, terminologies, okay? We can imagine something when, when, when the Bible tells us about this, but we don't really fully understand, okay? But this is part of God's eternal plan. We may not know exactly why. You see, there is something that God has to do in the powers that are in the heavenly places that have not been completed yet, and God uses us in order to complete it. Okay, I hope this makes sense. Okay, it's a bit difficult to understand, but you know, uh, we, we are not able to talk to these powers. We are, we are not able to say, okay, did you understand? We cannot even give them a, 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 an examination sheet and says, write this to see whether you have, have understood it. No, but God uses the church. God uses the people that have come out of darkness into his light in order to preach, okay, in order to send a message in order to make a presentation, in order to project a message to the unseen world, to the rulers that we don't even know, okay? To the heavenly realms that we don't even know where it is and how it exists. And yet God is using the church in order to address those powers in the heavenly worlds. Now that's amazing, absolutely amazing. So God has a job to complete. You know, those powers that he mentions, they are not finished yet. And somehow God decided to use the church in order to complete some type of work that needs to be done in the, unchurch, in, in the world that is, you know, so strange to us, far beyond us. And maybe this is why Paul says, maybe our life. And with that judgment, we may not necessarily judgment which gives different prices, okay? The white throne, the great white throne in the Bible talks about us giving, getting different gifts from God. So whatever the case may be, God has called the church to be the projector of his wisdom, not only to the world, yes, of course, but also to the unseen world, invisible world, the world of, uh, of, 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 of God, you know, that God has created before us. 
Okay? The Bible calls them the rulers, unseen rulers, authorities in the heavenly places. Whatever it is, God has given us as a church a ministry to them as well. Think about that. That's amazing. Okay? Most of us, we are just concerned to be uh, saved and have a safe ticket to, to, to heaven and, 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 and then that's about it. You know? Or maybe get some blessings here and there. But don't you realize that our mission is far greater than most of us ever think about. You and I will should let our light shine into the world, into the dark world. Jesus said, don't put your light under the bed, but put it on the, on the highest place in the house so that it can shine further, okay? Like a city on a hill cannot be hidden, so your light should not be hidden. Our light as a church should not be hidden. But then we are not just a light to the world. We are also a light to those rulers, to those authorities that are not seen, that we don't know, that we don't understand. But nevertheless, God has given us a message for them through our type of lifestyle, through the way we live in this world. And that's truly amazing. So we are heading from glory to glory. Okay, the Bible tells us about the glory which is yet ahead. Okay, in uh, First Peter chapter 1, we read, read about that. Okay. And it's important that we understand we have a certain glory already because we are sons of the living God. Okay, we are receiving glory from our God by what he does in our life, how he transforms and remakes us, reshapes us, so that we are going to, you know, let the light shine into the world of darkness. But then there is more glory waiting for us. Because the Bible says one day we'll rule and reign with Christ. Amen? So glory is waiting for all of us. Don't only wait for the future. You should understand that God has given you glory to be a, a child of God, the son of God. You know, able to, to let the, the, the light shine into the darkness. But he wants you to be also a ruler. And that's a different type of glory that God is going to bring about. So brothers and sisters, let's understand, as a church, we are the projector of God. God is the originator of the message. Okay, he's the presenter. He wrote the message even before the foundation of the world, but he has called us to project it. He has called us to, but also in the unseen worlds. If you don't understand that, don't worry. That's okay. But maybe meditate upon it. Maybe God will give you some insights that you have not have had so far. But understand that God has ways and means to use us that we cannot fully understand. And remember, you don't have to be qualified when you come to him. He qualifies you. He shapes you. Sometimes he needs to reshape, remold us because we are already something. But God says, I'm going to make you something beautiful in my eyes. So let us all be ready to display the wisdom and the power of God in its rich variety. And we can do that because we are so many, okay? We are not just one, we are many. And that's why we have variety. You know, when the light is shining in every one of us, it will shine in different colors. It will shine in different ways. There's a rich variety of God's wonderful work displayed in the ecclesia, the church of the living God, 
And the ecclesia is made up of each and every one of us who believes in Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Let us pray together. Lord our God, I want to thank you so much. You have called us out of darkness into your light, but not just into your light, but Lord, you make us light. You make us light to penetrate the darkness of this world. And Lord, as we have learned today, you make us a light even to shine, even to display your message, to project your message to the unseen world. The authorities, the rulers, the powers. We don't know, Lord, so much about all of this, but Lord, we thank you so much for revealing this to us and making us understand, making us responsible to live our life in such a way, Lord, that your light can shine in us and through us, in this world and even into the unseen world. So Lord, just let us find grace that we can live that kind of life each and every day through the power of God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.